0: Good morning, my dogs, and good morning, Joe. Uh, this is like the earliest podcast we've ever done. It's 9 a.m. your time. You've barely woken up and we're already
1: on it. I know, mate. I had to set an alarm to get up for this podcast. Like, and when I did it, I said to Laura, oh, I've got to do a podcast with Tom in, uh, in a minute. And uh, she said, really? I said, yeah, get it out of the way. You know, the early worm catches really? the catch, catches the bird. The-, the early bird catches the worm.
0: That surprises me because normally, if you do something that's really fun, you'd actually be waking up really early for it because you're already nervous. You want to get into it, so I thought you'd be awake at seven a.m. to get this one done because you were looking forward to it. Well, I was so, so bad.
1: I, I was so excited, mate, that I couldn't sleep. That's why I'm so tired because when I did get to sleep eventually, I needed about two hours. It was like father. It was like when you're at Christmas, you know, like you're, you're so excited you can't sleep. You can't sleep, and then when you do, you just can't get up because you're, you're shattered.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> this podcast is just like Christmas every Tuesday morning uh how, how was the week
1: yeah good mate uh had a had, had a little low so which started from a high the high was i went we were going out saturday night had a few mm-hmm. too many to drink and uh, i always say with because people always ask do you drink you know what's it like on your diet and i always say you could I, I try and just drink on the weekends If i'm gonna have one or two or you know some weekends i might not have any but if you're gonna i just try and do it on the weekend so went out saturday night had a few drinks but my one rule is if you have a look if you have drinks have as much as you want stay do whatever you want on the saturday night but you can't miss the training on the Sunday. So mm-hmm. whatever you've, whatever happens, you've got to suck it up and get it done the next day. So I woke up and obviously on Sunday I'm feeling a bit ropey and uh, yeah, had to get get it done. So it was like a four and a half hour ride and then uh, an hour run. Didn't feel uh, didn't feel too bad, but you know when you feel, wake up and you feel a bit tired, and you're like, oh god, this is gonna yep. be a bit of a grind. It was like that, but you know, part, uh, play hard, work work hard.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Work work hard, play harder.
1: Yeah. That kind
0: of stuff. Um all right. Well that's not too too much of a low. Any high this week then?
1: Um whew, God. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no right. one I, I, I can I, think of.
0: I've got a massive low. Now uh, let me ask you a question, Joe. Would you pay for a wind tunnel for Jan Frudino?
1: Would I pay for what? A wind tunnel session for Jan Frudino? Would I buy him one?
0: Yeah. Would you Would you like to chip in some money for him to go to the wind tunnel? No way. How How would How would that make you feel?
1: Uh. Well, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to pay for him to go to the wind tunnel. He's well, been there enough times.
0: I know, <laughs> He's Joe. And I have been finding out that um, I have been supporting the Norwegians, Christian's Blumenfeld, his journey. How? And I know they're listening. Well. Last week, they were in Maastricht at the university, or maybe last month or something. And they were in Eindhoven as well. uh, Oh, I saw that on Instagram. To research aerodynamics. And he's part of a research. And them researchers are funded by tax money, my tax money. And he's going into the one tunnel, and he's getting all these potions, these $2,000 ones from my tax money. I saw that. university. University. Ain't give me shit, Joe. The only thing they give me is like bills from my uh, student time, outstanding bills. And uh, he had, and I quote from this article, I'm going to share this article because it's actually an interesting one. Um, that Boo, and Boo is one of the coaches from uh, Blumenfeld, had Blumenfeld drink a $2,000 bottle of water infused with oxy- oxygen isotopes that can be collected in urine samples and analyzed to gosh, his overall oxygen efficiency fucking hell mate two thousand dollars for a drink and that one came from the university of maastricht now i'm wondering either these boys from maastricht are my lads and they thought these norwegians are way too serious We'll just give him a bottle of brown beer we'll tell him it's two thousand dollars and he'll down it like a little kid and he did or it's actually a magic potion i don't know what it is but one thing i know for sure if christian blumenfeld is doing very well the upcoming year he owes me a couple of beers because he def- of
1: mate. He, he definitely owes you some beers for that yeah he
0: owes me some beers and um well yeah i, I see it as an investment i see it and, as uh, an investment
1: and they're also trying to stalk us aren't they because you saw that one of uh one of their teams started following the podcast looking for training <laughs> tips like um if they're that desperate for training tips they could have just sent us a dm couldn't they on our personal ones but they go yeah. undercover they try and sneak in don't they
0: yeah, but but I think they're found to, to drink a couple of beer swips. Who, who was
1: it? Was it me, M- Michael? Michael Eden? Yeah, yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah. He's following us, Michael. If you want some more training tips, if you want to know how you can coach Lionel Sanders, just hit us up, mate. We're we're happy to share our expertise. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: um, Christian, uh, hopefully that's my uh, tax uh, tax money well spent. Hopefully uh, you'll get some uh, awesome games from it, and we we can have uh, a couple of beers what, on, what? on your account.
1: What was your high?
0: Ooh, um, mate, I need to skip through another couple of lows before we get to. You've that. got
1: more lows. You've got more lows. I've got more. Lows. Your life is like a roller coaster. It's like going to uh, like <laughs> Universal Studios, isn't it? Like mine's like pretty flat, isn't it? It's like a little monorail, isn't it? Going from one place to the next, and yours is yeah. like up and down, up and down.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm emotionally imbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> so um one thing that always annoys me if if you go to a supermarket and there's a person in front of you and they've got like a whole lot of stuff and it goes through the cashier you know beep 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 and then the first thing they do when they're done is packing all the stuff in the bags instead of paying for it first you know what because then i need to fucking wait until they're done packing their bags and then they're about to pay instead of if they're paying, that cashier can go on with my groceries, can't she? Oh,
1: I think what, so selfish. Really, that's what I normally do. Really in the back. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's so selfish.
1: That is so <laughs> selfish,
0: mate. Next time, if the cashier's done, pay for it because she could go over to the next customer. It frustrates me But that time. <laughs> um, another low of the week. Last week, I've been getting loads of advertisements for uh, for some sort of girly shampoo. And what I don't get is,
1: oh no, here we go again. You're go- you're about to get us cancelled. No,
0: I'm not going <laughs> to get you cancelled. What I don't get is, girls always have fifteen different shampoos. Like you've got a pre conditioner and a post conditioner and a moisturizer and a lotion and a hair softener and a curly for this and that. Whereas we guys, I think we're we're, we're just not intelligent intelligent enough for that. We've got that one bottle that we use for body hair, uh, carpet, kitchen, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just, I don't I, get it.
1: I just use antibacterial wash, to be honest. Like, really? I mean, if it can keep the kitchen clean, it can definitely and, keep me clean.
0: Exactly. And I like myself some awesome products, you know, a soft skin. I like to smell nice and nice, all the cologne. But if you spot bought me in a shower with 15 bottles for my hair, I would get confused.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, mate. Um, totally. You, just, you just need your man cave, don't you?
0: I just need a man cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one more week till Girona, isn't it? You'll bring your stash of man cave.
1: I'll bring my stash, mate, for you.
0: Um, high of the week. Had a great week of trading, especially a lot of intensity on the bike. So that's setting me right up for our training camp next week in Girona. We're leaving the 30th. Um, maybe Joe and I will meet somewhere in the middle of France, and then we'll drive down together or...
1: It's going to be lads on tour. We've got John as well, haven't we? He's going to drive his car. He's got his transit. My bike is oh. a bit vulnerable at the moment, so I might be in for a hard time, I reckon, if you're going quite well on the bike. Oh, no. <laughs> oh don't <laughs> underestimate
0: it. Um, and then we've got Noel Mulkey. He's flying in from uh, Tenerife. so we've got four boys. We've got your dad coming out, and he's uh, he's going to like sort us out in the kitchen a little bit, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Noel Mulkey is... He is a loose cannon, this guy in a training camp. Like we went to Font Promote with him and our little saying what John made up was pray for Noel because we'd go out on a training ride. Sometimes he'd get dropped, you know, and he would just end up going the complete wrong way. And I remember one day, sometimes he just gets lost. Like we gave him, we would go on a run with him. We'd give him a wahoo with the route in. So he knew exactly what he had to do. All he had to do was follow the the little, uh, you know, the triangles, little the little line that shows you where to go. We came back two and a half hours later, Bearing in mind, it's only a thirteen-mile run, anyway. So he's out for four and a half hours. He comes back. He's not had one drink. He's been in the heat wave, like completely dying <laughs> out there. And uh, yeah, you just you just wonder: Will he survive this training camp? Like, will we be ringing his mum up saying we don't know where Noel's gone? He's lost in the Pyrenees somewhere. I'm ever so sorry. Like, uh, but yeah, this guy is just—he's in—he's in, he's in temporary train at the moment, and there's probably a strong possibility. He's not going to make it to Gerona because he's probably going to get lost going to the airport or something like that. But he's just—he's a very—he's a one in a kind guy, isn't he, Tom? Like they need he's steps. very one
0: of a kind. But he is—he uh, has got a golden heart. He's very sweet and he's an awesome swimmer. So that he's, could take you to to
1: another sent, level. He sent me a me- he sent me a message yesterday. What I saw when I was outside, then saying, "How tired? Too tired, Joe? Like I'm supposed to be riding up the mountain today, but I feel I can't get my heart rate over one three five. Do you think I should have an easy day? Said, "Get stuck in, son. Go on. You'll be fine. Get up there. <laughs> <laughs> the go junkyard up there dogs and, got him out.
0: <laughs> and, and do a half marathon test tomorrow.
1: <laughs> one thing I'm one thing I'm looking forward to in Girona, mate, is uh, giving Jan some junkyard dogs when we go past him.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I like this video though from the PTO tour where he said it's not about the. Um, like, it's, keep, it's about keeping his own fire burning, and he loves to grind and all that kind of stuff. Like, I like that video. Um, so yeah, curious to see what his home is like. And um, I've heard he uh, he hosts some awesome barbecues, so- um, Oh, so
1: we better not give him the junkyard dogs till after he's invited us around then for a, for a barbecue. Yeah. He's got an endless pool as well, so we could have a nice little paddle, couldn't we, as well? Like, while we're waiting for the food to be cooked. Yeah. it <laughs> <to be laughs> lovely that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, it would be nice to get some training in together um and as long as he uh, doesn't
1: as long as he doesn't hold us back because we're pretty serious and we haven't got long now to St George so Jan if you want to train with us you're more than welcome but please it's all business we don't want to be held back
0: <laughs> speaking of speaking of holding back this week uh for the main subject of the week we're going to talk about recovery in uh the like most generic way possible like we're going to hit some uh like training wise nutrition wise all that kind of stuff but before we get to that first Joe and I want to do some race season predictions because we had many people <laughs> asking us to do race <laughs> predictions.
1: So we, the first of all, the predictions, St. George, and uh, we predict that um, who was it, Tom, that we're gonna we we thought was going to be up there? We reckon the the Norwegians will probably uh, over will cook themselves in Sierra Nevada, don't Yeah, we? we
0: think that Bruno from Brazil will finally unleash his inner dock. Oh yeah. He's been unseen in the scene for 15 years, but this is his year. We're feeling it.
1: But Bruno, from an earlier episode, the one that Tom did the Junkyard Dog at, that's how the story came about. If you're a new listener, Tom Junkyard Dog, this guy, he actually actually listened to the podcast, didn't he? And we got a message, didn't we?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like we can't. We
1: obviously can't disclose his full identity, but he was not happy, and he gave uh, he gave Tom some fight and uh, talk, didn't he, Tom?
0: Every time he listens to the podcast, and he's hearing the dog, he's getting shivers all over his body, and
1: he's he's waking up in the middle of the night, baking and soaking in sweat. That reminds me, though, when you actually did that junkyard dog, it was like what you see with the boxers and the UFC fighters. You know how they talk shit about a fighter before it, and they mentally crack them sometimes. I think you junkyard dogging him mentally cracked him didn't it and then when you went past him on the bike that was it that was his game over wasn't it
0: but maybe he's got something with dogs uh in the past he's been bitten by a dog when he was a kid and it triggered something in him
1: Could oh we- yeah but them spanish-speaking countries are crazy with dogs i remember being out in spain before going for a run you get chased with, by loads of dogs and stuff and they start snapping at you, your uh, your heels you re- you've really got watch <laughs> out there
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so
1: yeah predictions Norwegians going to cook themselves in Sierra Nevada. You can just see it happening, can't you, now? That drink, what Bloomerfeld well, needed, he should have I, I don't hope so,
0: Joe, because that's my tax money. That's, it's flying right there. I, I don't want my money to be burned like that.
1: Yeah, but they only gave him one drink. He needed two of them to at least do well, didn't he?
0: Oh, he's probably got a box of potions. <laughs> 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 Speak, speaking of, speaking of, if you see the, because the Norwegians are really uh, science and, and science-based and all that, and they've got like a whole team. Same for, for example, Patrick Lang, Jan Ferdino, Lucy Charles. They've got a whole team. Do you sometimes um, feel that you're missing something like that, or that you're missing some of the science or someone that's helping you? Because, well, wh- one thing what I admire about you is you're doing everything solo, no team, um, your own manager, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that's awesome. But do you sometimes feel that you're missing something?
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be, uh, it would be good. But the thing is, it's hard to find the right people, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's good if everyone's, if it actually makes a difference and helps you, but you can't guarantee that it's going to be better than what you've got already, can you? But I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite good for Gustav because it's his brother, isn't it? Who's work like, you know, helping him and stuff like that. And obviously, family's going to have your best interests at heart, aren't they? So yeah. that would be good. But I mean, yeah, if you could get the right team, then it would definitely be a plus. But it's uh it's very hard to find people that you know will that will make a better difference than what you can do yourself isn't it
0: mm-hmm. true true do you think in the future you need to um shift and get that blue gl- glucose monitor anyway
1: i killed one mate i had one really? i had one yeah and it fell off i had too many carbs i had done a big bike ride so my glucose was quite low uh put it on and then I had a massive binge. Like I was just so hungry. You know, when you get back from a bike ride and you're like looking for the fridge cause you haven't yeah. eaten enough. I did that. I absolutely smashed a shitload of carbs, like cakes, dates, Medjool dates, <laughs> you know, them things are vile for violent for the, um, the you know, the glucose monitor hates them things. because They're so sweet. And um, yeah, the bloody thing fell off. It broke. They,
0: they, just, they just started to smoke a little bit before it came yeah,
1: off. Yeah. Yeah. And then it really? fell off. I said, I posted <laughs> it on an Instagram thing, and some woman said that I didn't put it on right. No, I said, I put it on right. I said, I just killed it with carbs. Them <laughs> things can't take it. Honestly, they'll tell you how many carbs you need, what you need. But if you, it's like a car. You know, it's basically me eating carbs, it's like putting diesel in a petrol car. Oh, you don't want to do that. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, not going to no. work. That's exactly what I did to that thing.
0: But anyway, next week in Girona, your team will be with you. It's a different level, you know, it's, it's a mozzarella, a Noel Milky, and all that kind of stuff. But at least it's better than nothing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And one thing I would say about training a team is so when I did it before, that it can be good, but it can be bad. Because say you're meant to be doing a hard swim and you turn up to the pool and you're knackered, but the team, all the teams, meant to be doing a hard swim is your fresh old swim of the week. And you would know in your head if you were doing it by yourself oh God, this I'm never going to be able to do this hard swim today. I really should be taking it easy today and then going hard tomorrow. You kind of have to go with the hard swim because tomorrow they're doing an easier swim and the session's all easier, you know, because it's like on certain days of the week, it will be certain sessions. So if you're, mm-hmm. and you can't necessarily guarantee that you're going to feel really good every Monday, for instance, Kenya, every week. So you turn up to this pool, you're meant to be doing this hard swim, but you can't do it. You can't get your heart rate up because you're too tired. You should have took an easy swim you didn't because that's what the coach has got or you took it easy at the back you know of the swim but then you miss that threshold session because they don't end up doing one that week so you know although you might have people to push you and it might be great because you swim with people sometimes it just doesn't fit in with what you're doing and now I'm actually doing quite a bit of the swimming and myself or with a few friends but we kind of see how we feel and we know that we need to get the two swims in a week but if you're not feeling good one day then you can just move it. Whereas you can't always do that when you're in a team environment, you know, you have to do it. And that might work really well for you sometimes. I mean, it might work well if they're kind of adaptable and like the team, the coach will change it, you know, depending on how you feel. But I, from what I see, that's very rare because you kind of feel bad and you kind of feel like you're suckered into doing what they're saying. You know, you don't want to be the one that goes to the coach, oh, you know, I feel terrible today. Like, I don't think I should be doing this. And then I think I should do the threshold session tomorrow. But then how can they change that for one person tomorrow? when everyone else is on an easy one you know you've only got a certain amount of lane so sometimes I think that you can end up not training the best of your ability because you get suckered into doing what is on the plan and the plan's a bit rigid you know it's not it can't change that much true but we as a team are adaptable Joe we're adaptable mate we're one we're one unit aren't we we are one unit. <laughs> I can't
0: <laughs> wait to ride on a trail. So we're taking out the mountain bike, gravel bike, TT bike, road bikes, a uh, whole lot of stuff. Coffee machine, because coffee is shit in uh, Spain. You were worried, we're weren't centri- you? Because we I, booked
1: I, it in Banyoles, and you said to me, oh, the coffee's terrible there. Isn't
0: oh, I've not? been to Banyoles. They've only got like a kebab restaurant. And so what I don't,
1: yeah, I... I is that what they've got, a kebab restaurant there, no cafe? Yeah,
0: yeah, I think the kebab restaurant, that's what Martin van Real said. Kebab restaurant is the best one out there. Um... And i've been there last year and the coffee is shite but in the city center of girona is really really good but we're quite far away from that can't anyway get, we've got
1: can't get any big places mate, in Girona like that they just the Girona's not ready for us it's only got apartments mm-hmm.
0: all right let's go over to the main subject of the week this week we're going to talk about recovery um and we're going to get try and give you some very useful tips that we think is going to help uh, massively and let's start off with some basic nutritional tips that's going to help you improve uh, either sleep or that kind of stuff, and uh, and thus get you set up for the next training. Um, yeah, I think what what I've got some tips. What's the, the first one that pops up to your mind, Joe?
1: So, with if you're going for a recovery to start off with, a load of people try and overcomplicate this. I think, for instance, our friend, uh, what was his name with the glucose monitor? Was it Colin or something? Uh,
0: poof, whatever his name uh, is, they try and overcome
1: Cameron, Cameron, they try and overcomplicate it like Cameron, you know, glucose monitors. Um and stuff like that. But I think to, with the nutrition, keep it simple, a well balanced, healthy diet, you know, get the fruit, mm-hmm. veg in, make sure if you're having a harder day and it's more intense, get a decent amount of carbohydrates in. Um and just, you know, if you have a bit of chocolate, that's fine, you know, it's everything in moderation, you know. Don't like overcomplicate things. Um, with regards to certain things, what I think really helps with nutrition is uh foods that are really good for your gut. Like to mm-hmm. to improve your gut health because I think if your guts are working really well, you absorb the food a lot better, and then that helps you recover and train better. So, I like to have like loads of food like sauerkraut, kimchi. The kombuchas are really good. You know, that's a wow. refreshing, nice drink, but it's got loads of good bacteria. And then the yogurts with the natural, uh, you know, the live mm-hmm. bacteria in. And so, uh, what uh,
0: I think every athlete should do is get a, a pre-sleep uh, bowl of a form of protein something like uh yogurt kefir. yeah or kefir um could be anything just if it's like a pre-sleep protein uh, that helps you sleep massively if you've got a big session like big day the next day i would have some carbs in there as well like nuts and, uh, and maybe a bit of granola uh whatever it
1: depends how much you train don't you like i mean if you've yeah. had a decent dinner and you're not trained that much then you're probably not going to need too much are you Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the dodgy part of um, the videos of what I eat in a day that a lot of professionals do. I did, you, you did of did, exactly I did one of them. I did one of them. You did one yesterday and it's uh, like, go check it out. You'll see what Joe e- is eating. But what you can see in a video like that, Joe eats shitloads, And that's awesome because he's he's like he's training 30 hours plus a week, isn't he? But if you're an age group you're doing eight to 10 hours a week and you're thinking, all right, I need to wake up and get like a really big granola bowl with free toast of honey and all that and then you're going into the office like fucking hell if you do that every week including all the other stuff joe's eating that you've got to be gaining massively like in weight
1: and some people though when they do the uh, um what are you in a day i think they do it the other side and they eat hardly anything even True. though they train a lot you know and it looks yeah. like it's all like mega healthy all organic you know like some specific diet. and people watch it and think oh god like maybe i'm eating too much like he's training way more than me and he's eating that and he's like way ott with his diet and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then it makes them think like they need to change everything they're doing but some sometimes stuff you see on uh youtube is not what people really do is it you know i think a lot of people just do it for the camera don't they
0: exactly yeah they,
1: uh, they change not that.
0: everything you see on the internet is real like i think 90 percent of it yeah um but one important thing that uh, that gets neglected loads is drinking enough water, especially uh, uh, for age groupers. So they turn up to the office, work there all day, forget to drink, come home, and they're actually a bit dehydrated. Heart rate is up during the sessions. So I think a nice hack is just get your uh, get a bottle like a, what you have on a bike, uh, get that one to next to your uh, um, computer or something, and try to drink. Two of those uh, throughout the day in the office. Oh, Same electri- for-
1: sorry, electrolytes, mate, while you're on the topic of water, that really helps. Like, when I was in Australia, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how depleted I was in electrolytes. Like, I never used to take them. And I was like in Australia and I was like, you know, waking up in the night, you know, needing the loo, like, loads, like, almost on the verge of cramping. I never cramped, never at all. Like, but I was waking up loads. And then someone said, Oh, are you taking electrolytes? I was like, No. Like, uh, so I started taking them. And my sleep improved loads, like sleeping right through the night, you know, uh, all the time. And it made me think for years, even when I was trained in England, where, even though it's not that cold, and I was never taking electrolytes because you don't really need it. You can get away with it because obviously it's not too hot, is it? In the, you know, where we are in the winter. But I think I was just depleting myself with electrolytes. And I had that. And it made me feel so much fresher and so much better that it made me think like, you know, for three or four years, you're up and trained hard. And I was just thinking, you know, that was just how you should feel. I was just massively depleting myself with electrolytes. So getting the electrolytes in, even though you probably don't feel like you need them, might be an absolute game changer because it was for me. literally after about five, six days, four or five days of taking them, I was like, Mm -hmm. it transformed it. And now I take them all the time, you know, since then, like, because...
0: uh, Yeah, that's a a massive uh, uh, game changer. Uh, Same for if you're doing, for example, a long ride in the weekend. And I've had this in the past till Lawrence from Tendam told me uh, a nice little hack um so you're doing for example a really long heart ride for example with a group you're sweating loads and all that kind of stuff you get home of course you drink uh you try to drink something and eat something and then in the evening you've got these burning red eyes you've got these, this this burning feeling in your eyes and he said whenever he's coming home from a heart heart ride he's just straight he like one and a half to two liters including electrolytes and you'd be thinking two liters that shit loads but yeah that, that actually, that is shitloads, but one and a half to two liters helps it, he doesn't down it like in 10 seconds, mate. But that helps him prevent getting them red eyes. And, really? Uh, for, so especially if you're doing, uh, for example, not a run that day. Uh, if you didn't drink that much, your heart rate is going to be way up during that run because your blood is way thicker, isn't it? It's got less of uh, less of water in it. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what helped me. Uh,
1: and they say, mate, sightless blood's thick anyway, don't they? yeah Yeah. (laughs) they they like fresh
0: blood as well yeah now and then
1: not just from uh, the water as well um
0: (laughs) another another um Another great tip is
1: what other potions did <clears throat> many, the What other potions do the cyclists say? Then we oh,
0: <laughs> Do a whole episode about potions for cyclists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, another tip for uh, like uh, many age groupers train at seven a.m., six a.m. Joe and I have never seen that time on the clock, except if we need to catch a flight at the airport. But uh, we've done one one video a day, not in the life of a pro. But normally we don't get up.
1: before. felt horrific. We tried but, to do it on training camp for that one video. And I felt like I'd been, like, kicked or it's, something. Like It scarred horrible, me. Uh, horrible. Uh,
0: anyway, uh, if you're doing a session really early in the morning, many, of, many people would do it, first of all, fasted. Um, I don't think if you're doing a hard session, doing it fasted is really smart. Um, second of all, if you've had a meal the night before, like a healthy one, for example, some sort of salad with hardly any carbs, you're going to struggle during an interval session in the morning because you're totally glycogen depleted and um you're just gonna damage muscles instead of uh, getting the gain so if you've got a an interval session planned in the morning whether it's a run or a bike session i would have definitely have carbs in the evening and before you get on the bike a form of carbs it doesn't have to be shit loads but something before you get on the bike
1: yeah you definitely want to have something like i think loads of people just deplete themselves because of that because they might be able to get through that mm-hmm. session, but then the rest of the day they're probably going to feel exactly. shattered because they're just. That's the
0: thing. It's about the recovery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think they and uh, they're just going to feel terrible the at work and uh, not recover mm-hmm. as well as what they could what they could do. Like also with getting up, one of the guys who I train with, he was uh, getting up and doing loads of sessions before work. You know, trying to fit it all in, cram it all in. He's trained for an Ironman, you know the type. Uh, got got everything. Nearly getting the tattoo um uh, typical Ironman athlete and um then uh he was training loads before work and um uh, he was just shattered all the time knackered like and I don't think his training was going that well like if anything I think he was slower than what he was before but then he's now he started changing it he was working at home anyway but he was just trying to get it in you know trying to fit everything in whenever he could now he trains during uh his work lunch break you know so it's not a massive session you know because he's working from home a lot. And then he does one session in the evening. So he doesn't train in the morning now before work. And I think he's doing, if anything, less training than what he was doing before. But he feels fresher, because he's not cut, burning the candle at both ends. You know, he's not getting up at mm. 6, 6.30 in the morning to try and fit in a, a session, you know, before he starts. And he's way fitter than what he was now. He's swimming better than what he was. He's biking slightly stronger. His run's going well. And this is like, you know, in the middle of winter, like in the middle of, in the season, like... He was drained and he was go, going nowhere near as well so it just shows you know he's not trained any harder if anything he's trained less but because he's more recovered and he's hitting these sessions fresher he's just able to adapt to that training and he's improving loads
0: yep and it's because you've got stress from work stress from the family you don't want stress from the body that's not and, able to recover
1: and he's had a young kid as well and he's still in better you know than what he was mm-hmm. before you know so it's not like he's uh not got that so- as well.
0: Keep in mind, if you're doing a session in the morning, that's like not a problem. Um, if you're doing it like just an easy session, you could do it faster, faster, tops an hour. I would do I wouldn't do longer than an hour faster.
1: And sometimes yeah. doing it fast, it's good because you can it can be better for time, can't yeah. it? You know, you can if you haven't got too much time, you can stay in bed for a bit longer, then you can get up, get the session done, then have your breakfast. Yeah. But I, I would just say, like you said, it was an easy session. Then, yeah, but if it's intensity, then I definitely wouldn't definitely like
0: a form of carbs and uh, hydration and what i found as well what I, I think is a really really great um a life hack you've seen me running around with that back with pipes and all that so it's a trail back with water oh, in it yeah so but you
1: don't you don't do it for for uh hydration wise you just do it so it looks like you're hardcore to the public to so like you've been on some military <laughs> expedition <laughs> They think Uh, he's got like guns or like a tent in there and he's been like camping out in the woods for days on end.
0: (laughs) I've been coming back from three weeks of running through the mountains. (laughs) Yeah,
1: he likes Uh, that ultra running look, doesn't uh, he?
0: The thing is, I sweat like a pig. And if I go out for an hour or longer, I just bring that back and it's got one liter of uh, drinks in it and I put an electrolyte tap in and it makes a massive difference for me because I'm able to get like a liter of water in um during the run where i'm away for like one and a half hours maybe two hours maybe 75 minutes and it just makes a massive difference same for if i'm doing for example an interval session on the track or or run somewhere i'll just bring one bottle with carbs as well and it's really easy to take it then drop it do your intervals and then uh, go back many people just do an hour of interval runs with no water at all
1: and you think it looks cool? Because then when people say, how far have you been? You Definitely. can say, I just ran through the mountains, nothing much. Just a, just a, just, <laughs> a, mean, just an expedition.
0: How far I've been? Just today? Or like the whole trip in total? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, on the talk of our ultra run, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, so, like, you know, I did that 50K run. Like, I felt all right after that. But like, I was um, thinking what would be a cool thing to do and what I'd like to have a crack at. And I want to try and rope in some other triathletes for this is, who would be up for listening to this? An 80k run at the end of the season, sometime, maybe get Kona out of the way. Three weeks later, we have a crack. And I looked at what the world record was for it four hours 50. Now, I'm pretty sure that some of these Ironman triathletes listening to it would be really good and would be able to have a crack at it. So, I want to see if anyone else fancies a crack at 80k, even if you just want to do it to get round. Like, maybe we could get like Lionel Sanders, you know, Sam Long, some other people. You you want to try and see if you can
0: beat the world record, don't
1: you? Yeah, or see if we can get someone to, or see if someone can. We get a few pacemakers, get it on a fast five mile loop, you know, something like that. And even have some other races on the same day, you know, like ten miles, twenty miles, so people can like run at the same pace. Five forty eight per mile is what the target would need to be. About mm-hmm. three thirty nine per kilometer. I wanna see if we can get if we can get a load of us to have a crack and see if one of us can get it.
0: That would be that would be a should...
1: You know, well, like we said, mate, we like the secret I, I service, could, aren't
0: I, we? I, I could do the commentating <laughs> on that.
1: We could live stream it as well, because Hocker did a thing before where they live streamed it, but if we got a load of us after, you know, when you're in good form at the end of the year, after a big Ironman, three or four weeks later, where you still got that fitness, have a crack at it. I'm sure if we got a load of us together, like load of the top triathletes, one of us has got to be able to do it. And it would be a good, uh, could be good for like, so, you know, social media and stuff like that as well. You know, like a load of people. Uh, Definitely. A crack. I think
0: I think that YouTube video would be, would be doing very well. Top Ironman athletes take on the world record on, yeah. a, on an easy recovery day off season.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I reckon. Uh, I mean, we might even be able to get some of the short course guys I'm, to do it. It's only I the bet- same. It's only the same time as a half Ironman, isn't it? You're on your feet for.
0: I know, I know, and I bet them ultra runners will be like just like them cyclists, something like fucking triathletes. They're such dicks, aren't they? You know they? what we
1: could call it, can't we? Triathletes take on 80k world record. And they're not plant-based. How <laughs> do you know they're an ultra runner? They'll tell you they're vegan. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. If they're on a plant-based diet, they probably just run.
0: Um, yeah, that's a bit chance. By the way, but I, you know I, reckon, I, I reckon you could get the real record. Like,
1: I think it would be a um, good time. I think because I know how I felt after that 50K and I was kind of thinking, what I'm about to do another 30K. And it was a flat course and I had people doing it with me. And if there was a lot at stake, you know, if I'd like properly gone for it and I'd set myself up mentally, I've got to be close to it. It's got to be, do you know, but then I don't, you know, your hips started feeling a bit, but I think, yeah, it'd be doable. But I also want to get on the podcast, that guy that's training with Lionel Sanders, Ari he's If you don't know him, he's trained, he drove 36 hours across the country, trained with Lionel Sanders. And apparently he's Lionel's bitch. I mean... I've just heard that he does like Aaron got him there to do all the washing up, you know, and like (laughs) all the like sort and make sure sure the house is clean. He's been, listening,
0: he's been listening to the part, so uh, surely we're going to get him on and we want to get some insights I, in Lionel's training as well as his training. It's really strange,
1: but I heard that Lionel makes him wear a French maid's outfit when he cleans up around the house. Like, that's <laughs> weird. is that Is that a bit weird? Like, yeah,
0: yeah, and he said to him that it helps him recover better when he sees him uh, looking like a maid or something.
1: Yeah, and he's not allowed to train with Sam Long because that would be like helping the rival. So he's under strict orders. He's only allowed to clean the house and he has to tell Lionel how great he is every time he's out on a bike ride. You know <laughs> each their own i guess that's that's his team that's how All their right. team works let's
0: um <laughs> let's let's go over uh back to the uh recovery part so that was a bit with regards to uh, training i think another thing a lot of age groupers are great at is uh, accumulating uh, shit volume when it doesn't really necessarily have a point. Recovery uh, runs,
1: what the... we hear, don't we?
0: Exactly, recovery runs, recovery rides. Let's call it junk miles, just to uh, up the average on Strava. What do we
1: do when we hear junk?
0: When we hear junk, the the dog comes in, <laughs> and um, that's actually meaning a red sign. So junk miles is is a red flag. It's a big red flag. But but some many... people
1: would say to you. What would you say to this? There's no such thing as junk males. It's all aerobic training. Because that's what yeah. their argument would be. So what do you say to that?
0: Well, what I would say to that is at some point, more aerobic training is is not going to benefit you more than a full rest day.
1: And, and is that forcing yourself to do that aerobic training, compromising your hard sessions? Yeah. That's basically where it comes, to, where it comes down to, don't so it, you know?
0: Let's uh, let's visualize this a little bit um for example you've got a week We've, Week's got seven days obviously and um you're just you're a triathlete you've got your uh you've got a, a normal job 45 50 hours a week you've got a family and all that kind of stuff so ideally throughout the week you just want to train one session uh for example in the morning or in the evening because otherwise you'd have no time for family friends and all that kind of stuff so um if you're doing a session every day you'd have like an interval session, a normal aerobic session, and for example, an endurance session, like a long run. Would then, uh, to my opinion, you'd benefit more from having like a full off day where you could go spend an evening with your friends, with the family, uh, go somewhere, go on a trip, instead of doing that day, one hour easy ride and 30 minute easy run. To me, that's just total garbage.
1: Well, I think it depends like on how hard you're going, like, If I'm going out, for instance, for me, like if it's on like a Monday, say, and I'm doing like an easy ride, like today after this, I'm going to go Mm -hmm. out for an easy ride. If I was, I wouldn't call it a recovery ride, but like, I don't know, endurance, but some people would might call it recovery. But if I can't hit power wise for me between 200 and 250 watts, like say if I go out and my legs feel like crap and I'm able, and I'm literally pushing like 170, 180 watts, but it feels like I'm doing 230, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'll just turn around. And I've done it before literally been like, you know, I might give it five or 10 minutes to see how I felt because sometimes it does cut you just feel you know a bit heavy-legged at the start yeah yeah. there
0: is there's one big difference is you are doing the sports full-time you've got all the time in the world and they're very time starved athletes so going out for an hour just to spin the legs for example uh, 140 watts I'm just calling a number and then sit at the cafe with uh, two other cyclists and then sit around there for two hours and then go back Um, I think you'd, you'd Um, recover better from staying in your bed, sleep out long, have a nice little breakfast with the family, and then uh, in the evening you'd maybe uh, see some friends for a couple of beers because you mentally recover better instead of thinking, I need to train every day. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think that's just a really big part in an amateur uh, triathlete's journey instead of because everybody just gets, gets caught up with, I need to do a lot of training. I need to do more training, more training, and this is a recovery day, and this is a recovery ride. Uh, And I think taking an easy day off, same for, for example, recovery week, if you have any recovery week, and I I know because I really struggled with this in the past, especially when I was starting out uh, as an athlete, I would do it, I would feel fresher during a recovery week and then do some of the recovery sessions too hard. So, for example, you have a training block, three weeks where you're building every week with a lot of intensity, and then you have, have, for example, recovery week where everything is easy. You can literally take it very easy that week just like normal things and you wouldn't necessarily have to push hard or feel feel guilty because you don't have any interval training that week. Just enjoy that full week of easy training and use that week to like see more friends, uh, do more stuff with the family instead of feeling guilty and thinking shit I'm just going to do this two-hour base endurance ride a bit harder because I'm thinking I'm losing all my fitness.
1: But that, that's the problem sometimes when you've got a coach like if they put sessions in the plan, you feel obliged to do it, don't you? Yeah. You know, like if you see like a recovery ride, half an hour's ride, recovery easy, like it's not actually going to help you any probably recover any more than, like you say, just taking the day off. And mm-hmm. then sometimes, especially if you're tired, mentally it stops you from doing stuff because you think, oh, I've got to get this ride in. Whereas like yeah, but- you would be better off just taking <clears throat> the whole, the day off and not doing, not, not doing, probably not doing it, you know, like a recovery mm-hmm. is mental as much as it is physical. And riding around at 100, like you said, really easy 130 140 watts is probably Mm -hmm. not going to do any more for your recovery than having a whole day off in actual fact probably gonna do less because having a whole day off mentally you feel like you're i'm looking forward to going out the next day whereas sometimes forcing yourself to do that hour just doesn't give you that mental break and you still feel like you've not had that rest you know and physically Mm -hmm. you're not gaining anything from a recovery ride are you so the physical gain of it's not going to do you anything and like you say you're more likely to go harder because you kind of think this is pointless, whereas you might as well just take a day off, go for a walk around the town, or for a walk with the dogs, or something, have and just not think of it as exercise and just uh, chill out and enjoy it. Like, I actually quite like having days off because these so red when you do you most of them.
0: Yeah, this is, um, I'm going to record a podcast with Lauren down this evening. He's got a podcast in the Netherlands, Live Slow, Ride Fast. And last week I spoke to him and he said, what is it with triathletes that they always need to do? So much volume. He said, it's just always 500k rides and, and a lot of runs and swims. He said, why can't you just have a full day off like, like cyclists? And I I said to him what you said to me, like, uh, uh, like the same thing. Because what did I say we need, here? To, we need to improve in free sports. <laughs> uh, that makes a difference. but of course, there is a, a a balance somewhere where recovery weighs up to like do an extra session. and um, I think it's also pretty personal, but definitely for an age grouper uh, taking a full day off and taking uh, get rid of like junk mile sessions um, would benefit. For example, if your Sunday is your long run day, then I wouldn't necessarily, ride later that day an hour easy to recover from the run just sit on the couch and chill out stuff like that
1: yeah what do you think about all the recovery tools that people get
0: well um obviously joe you and i are influencers so we get these recovery tools as well you you know these these stuff you use for your legs and these massage guns and they actually all feel pretty nice but i just never use them i just always forget to use them i that's do like I'm... the massage gun sometimes yeah but that's I just i just never use like.
1: it i'm like i I, when I use it, I think this is great. I should use it more, but I don't use it as much as what I should do. But when I use it, I'm like, oh, I feel really good for that run. But it's just like, you just never do it, do you? I think it's because when you're going out, you're like sat down, you're watching something on Netflix or YouTube, and you're like, oh shit, I should be going now. Well, you didn't really have a, I mean, yeah. people like, but you see people like Matt Hansen, don't you, who use it all the time. I bet that guy's on yeah, it. But that,
0: that is, that's mm, uh, maybe for the gram. You don't know if they're really like that in real life. You don't, you just, you just can't tell. I don't. There's just Personal so... experience, I always forget it. There's just so many
1: things out there that you could do that if you did everything, you'd be forever using one recovery uh, uh, device to the next, and you'd never have any time yeah. to do any training or anything, for, would you?
0: I don't think, as an age group triathlete, if you're training 8 to 12 hours a week, you need all these uh, electrical recovery tools because I don't think they make a massive gain for you.
1: Good before a run, aren't they, though? It, like, it, it
0: does. It feels nice, but if it necessarily makes a big improvement, I don't know.
1: No, I, I think know. it just and, feels and
0: good. And it's gonna waste another forty-five minutes. So if you're time-starved, so you're coming home, for example, from <laughs> from work, you don't want to be sitting on the couch playing with a gun for thirty no. minutes before if going for a if run. You're time, <laughs> if
1: you're time-starved, you're just gonna have to suck up them heavy legs at the start. You run, yeah. basically. <laughs> you just gotta suck it up because that's all you've got time for. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. so anyway let's uh let's go on something else before we uh because we could keep going on for ages about recovery couldn't we there's loads of other things but what's the uh instagram post of the week
0: first yo we're going over to uh the bullshit buster. Oh, buster. bullshit
1: buster that's me getting it all wrong you know i just wing it yeah I've, you have i haven't seen this bullshit buster you haven't told me about this so there's probably another one where some cyclists are slagging me off
0: no this is uh <laughs> this is the bullshit buster you came up with was it, it? Was...
1: oh oh yeah yeah I know this one. I'm meant the Instagram post of the week because that was the one where you slagged me off last week, wasn't it? Yeah. You, you know what it is? Yeah, this is the maphatone training thing. So one yeah. of the this is this one is I've thought this is a bullshit bus the whole time I've heard it. So this maphotone training thing is basically you should do all your training at 150 beats per minute or something like that. You know, isn't it your age 180 minus your age? And then plus or minus five, depending on like how experienced you are. Or you know, so if you're an experienced it, athlete, you can just add five to, beats to, higher.
0: It just advises you to train in the gray zone, just like just a bit too hard.
1: But it's complete rubbish. So for me, I would get 180, I'd minus my age from it, 33, so one four seven, and then I could add five beats on because I'm an experienced athlete. So basically, it'd want me to train at about 150 beats per minute for all my training. So where I should technically go out the door. And I should be doing a four hour ride at 150 beats. And that's, according to them, steady aerobic. That for me is about 350 watts. So, how on earth could I go out the door and ride 350 watts off the bat for four hours and do that all the time for my train? Same with the running. Like 150 beats per minute for me was the same heart, was just higher than the heart rate average for the 50K run. So, basically, it would want me to do all my running at 330K pace. Now, for me, mm-hmm. that is just total BS.
0: I think this uh, training is uh, developed for people who are just starting out because even if they let a fart, their heart rate will go up. No, but he over said heart, that he coached...
1: The guy that did this supposedly coached <laughs> Mark Allen to win Kona. So, this, like, this, this is for... Uh, not even for beginners. This is supposed to coach people to an elite level, they say.
0: But this, this was... I was pissed taking Joe. You know, it was a joke. Oh, so because for, for people who are starting out, it's just really easy to get the heart rate up. So it would just he'd just say, Oh, this is map training just to make them feel good. No, that's all right. 150 bpm our average. It's yeah. like race, get going. If I did <laughs> ma-
1: if I did that math training for a week, it's supposed to be easy, they say. I would be totally screwed. I don't even think I'd be able to do a week. I'd get to three days in, I'd be shitting myself. Jesus, I got another hour run at 330k pace today, like I did two hours at that yesterday, you know. But it's just totally lucky because I've seen some people rave about it, they post up, but it's just totally lucky as to whether or not you've got a high heart rate and that heart rate fits fits into your training. You know, some people, if their max heart rate's 205 and they only have to go at 145, 150 beats per minute, they're lucky and that that is yeah, actually definitely. a steady pace for them. Whereas, like mm-hmm. for me, my heart rate's quite low. So, 150 beats <clears> per minute for me is absolutely killing it. I mean, could you imagine, guys, I mean, some people listening to this, your max heart rate's 170 or 160 and you've got to write, do all your training at 150 beats per minute. You ain't going to survive that, are you?
0: No, and it's just going to make you feel tired from all the sessions. And if I Jump. think
1: if you always run it
0: 150, then it's really hard to do like a very hard session and get your heart rate up to, for example, 170
1: because you're totally fatigued. Loads of junk training, no VO2 max, no easy aerobic, all in one training zone, never a good plan. If your coach gets you doing all your training in one zone, I can, I reckon that's total BS. You're getting, yeah, you, yeah. He's, t- he's taking your money and he's not looking at your training because there's no Resign. training plan. Resign, Resign him. Yeah, cancel him. Like we got, like we almost got cancelled. You need to cancel that guy.
0: Uh, speaking of podcasts, going well though.
1: Yeah, some people tried to cancel us, and uh, after uh, one of the episodes about the cocky American, they didn't like old Colin's balls coming out to play. But that was just uh, some people like going balls out, don't they, Tom? But them, definitely, definitely them trying definitely. to cancel us just ended up boosting it and putting it out to literally loads more people. And now, uh, yeah. now we're laughing.
0: We're, we've reached the ten thousand limit, Joe. Ten thousand limit, and um, let's go over to the subject everybody's been waiting for: the Instagram post of the week.
1: Now, this is the one you haven't told me about yet. So I'm- I
0: have, I have, but I've been sending Joe. I'm always spamming Joe with Instagram posts. Um, just open your phone, and you'll see it again. We'll see a um, a dude, and he's running with his dog. It's probably his junkyard dog. And this guy is Boris Johnson. Oh, that one. So he is accumulating bullshit busters and sessions that we've been talking about. So first of all, he's running with this dog. It's probably junkyard dog. He's running in the dark because obviously he likes to train in the dark.
1: He likes our friend, doesn't he? He trains in the dark? It heightens your senses, as they say. (laughs) So he's, he's listened to our, he's probably following our coach who we, uh, Instagram posted up, and uh, you know, if you haven't seen it, he posted a dark thing up where he trains in the dark, and he says it heightens your sense of arousal. Boris is all over that,
0: but Boris is is not running on vapor flies; he's just running on very, very casual oh. shoes, and he and his yeah, swim pants
1: as well. Yeah, but it's made me think. I know why he's doing this. All it's right. an easy run. He's a time-crunched age grouper. You know, he's got a busy work schedule. So it's dark, it's winter in England. He's probably woken up. Shit, six thirty. I've got to be at work soon. I haven't got time. I've got a missus like, have you walked the dog yet before you go for the run? No. Oh shit. He didn't and, have time. And, and
0: to the dog is barking in the background.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Take me yeah. out. Yeah. Couldn't find his run shoes. Oh no. What am I going to do? Oh, these will do work shoes. I'll be ready for work. Boom. He's not had his breakfast. He's in his work clothes because then it saves him having a shower and getting changed. And he can go straight into the office afterwards. He gets back that- an hour later, says to the missus, walk the dog gone for my run. I'm dressed ready for work. And all you've done is had a shower and dried your hair. Right. Boom. time He's very effective. He's efficient.
0: But he's very, very efficient. Um, there's two things. He's probably hangover from one of the parties he's just been held in through uh, Corona.
1: Oh, I, uh... the garden party. <laughs> mate. He didn't know. He says that he didn't. He can't remember if he was at that garden party. And you'll have to investigate to he's, see.
0: Uh, I read an article that he's, uh, he's about to get voted out of the parliament, isn't
1: he? Well, yeah, they say that. But you know what they're like, they all stick up for their own, don't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's an old party uh, pooper. Party he's a poop party him.
1: animal. If you party were working animal. for him, he, right. would, he would be a good boss to work for though, wouldn't he? Yeah,
0: definitely. He'd always
1: organizing parties, you know, he'd be like, they'd be like, oh, are we allowed to have this party? You know, we thought it was uh, COVID. Don't worry, guys. No one will find out. We'll have some drinks, you know. Uh,
0: he's probably going out the door. He's looking at the training plan and the training plan said something like, uh just 30 minutes easy before breakfast and he just he's going out for one hour and uh,
1: tom it probably just said easy 30 minutes and he thought i'm having a party later it's gonna have to be done before work yeah yeah i'm just
0: (laughs) i'm getting the dog and it's gonna be a v2 max session feeling great running on my run shoes and uh yeah that is that
1: is a good one boris johnson he doesn't wear vapor flies. he wears work shoes just to toughen up a bit and make it a bit harder so yeah. check that out and this is I've not only seen one picture of that I've seen multiple pictures of him running in normal work shoes so that is a standard thing that he does he's a trainer He just likes
0: he just likes to say to his knees like I don't care if you last for 2 days a week or a year I don't care I just buy new knees
1: But imagine how good it feels when he puts his race shoes on after if he does all his training in work shoes he must be flying when he races
0: yeah in comparison to uh, for example max verstappen who does even his easy runs on the alpha max flies
1: and stuff like that max just tries to, he tries the other technique where he tries to psych people out wear your shoes. they know when they turn up i thought it was an easy run Max ah, it yeah. is for me <laughs> it might not be for you <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for chatting, Joe. I quickly need to hop in the shower because I'm having lunch with a pal. Monday is my easy day. So I'm taking it very easy today. I'm going to uh, enjoy the day. With Monday is
1: it's my easy day. So I'm just going to do six hours of recovery training today. You know, all low intensity. <laughs> just take it easy. Apparently that helps.
0: All, all at 150 ppm. <laughs> maps out. Yeah. All right. I'll see you later, mate. See you. Ya.
1: See ya.